Hello, I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scott Soshnick. On this weekly podcast, we will explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. We'll speak to the man dubbed the 33rd owner of the NFL. He's Mark Gannis, the co-founder of sports consulting firm Sports Corp. But first, let's look at the top stories of the week. Joining us is Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Eben Novi Williams. And right here, Bloomberg headquarters in New York, we made news. Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL at the Year Ahead Summit, talked about several topics, including kneeling in the NFL. I've been very clear about this, that uh, the anthem, um, the respect for our flag is really important. So I want to see our players stand. Uh, our players repeat re- over and over again, this isn't about disrespect for the flag or our military or our veterans. Uh, and I believe them. But they also understand that it's interpreted much differently uh, on a national basis. Uh, what we tried to do is really try to listen and learn and understand uh, what our players are actually focusing on. And what they're focusing on is really very American. They're talking about improving their communities. Well, gentlemen, where do we begin with this? Because Goodell has faced this question many times, the number one controversy in the NFL. And to top it off, now you have Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones upset with Goodell and threatening to sue. Yeah, it's funny. We a couple of years ago we talked about how th- one of the side effects of Deflategate was that Roger Goodell was alienating a very powerful owner in Robert Kraft and the dangers that could have for his position as commissioner of the NFL. This seems like so much worse with what's happening with Ezekiel Elliott. Jerry Jones is on a warpath, uh, and he is a, the most powerful owner in the NFL right now. Um, and it's interesting to see what's going to happen here. You take the issue itself. Then you multiply it by the amplification abilities of the Twitter feed of the president of the United States and the zealousness with which his followers take his directive. And you have longtime fans, and I never thought I would see the day, where football fans in Dallas would say, I'm not watching the Cowboys because I don't even know what the because after that would have been. But that's what's happening here. It is a real business issue for the NFL that people are shutting off football and it doesn't seem as if they have an answer right now that is the scary part if I'm an NFL owner they don't have an answer but to what extent do we think that Jerry Jones is upset that the the business is being hurt by Roger Goodell not handling this protest kneeling issue properly to what extent do we think that the the business problems related to the protest and the kneeling is the main motivation here for, for Jerry Jones? And to what extent do we think it's the Ezekiel Elliott situation, which he's obviously been pretty upset with, with Cadell's handling of? Whether it's 60-40, 70-30, the fact remains they have a problem. Michael, can I give you the bright side of things? If there's a bright side in all this, I remember years ago, this is a true story, I'm walking down Fifth Avenue with David Stern during the lockout. Some guy leans out of his car window drops a couple of F-bombs on the commissioner and says, I'm never watching the NBA again. You guys bleep, 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 bleep. David calmly looks at me and he says, I'm not worried about that guy. The passion that made him roll down the window and lean out and yell at me, that's how I know he's coming back because he's Mm. showing that passion. If he drives by, sees me, and doesn't care enough to do anything, that's the guy I worry about. So if David was right... All these people screaming, they love football, at some point they'll be back. But I have to ask in the NFL, is there such a thing as the casual viewer? Oh, there certainly is a casual viewer in the NFL. You've got your hardcore fan. But 
I mean, when you look at the Super Bowl, um, half that audience is casual viewers. You want them all. You want everybody. You can't just say, well, they tune in sometimes. If I'm an advertiser, if I'm the NFL, I mean, I need to know that I'm capturing the most possible eyeballs. This is a big-time hiccup right now. Does it have legs? That's the one that would scare me if I'm an NFL owner. Does it have legs, or will these people come back? Turning to the NBA, Nike paid the association $1 billion to use its uniforms, and the uniforms are ripping. It's a problem for Nike. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is the biggest stage. They, they pay to have the biggest basketball players in the world, these global icons, as walking billboards. So if they're out there and the product is failing, which is what people are seeing on a, what, two, three times now, and well, that would be a fairly regular basis, I'd have to wonder as a consumer, do I want to buy this product? Is there a quality control issue? Nike's going to fix it, obviously. I mean, this is a billion-dollar deal. They're going to they're gonna figure it out. This is the problem when you go from the new cutting-edge, thinnest material ever, wicks all the sweat, is the coolest thing ever. This is what happens. You know, you, you put it through the test, and, and if it doesn't work, you fix it. And let's not forget, in the NBA, it is pretty rigorous. A seven-foot, 300-pound guy comes down and you know rips a jersey. There's Unless it's made of Kevlar, there's a chance that we'll get a rip. It's just we've seen too much. Perhaps Nike can be a little self-deprecating. Lucky LeBron is one of their guys. They can say, look, this guy is just so built like a V that he's got these muscles that we didn't even have on our, on our testing, that that's our problem. Everybody would know that it's just a self-deprecating uh, move by Nike while they can work to fix the issue. Talking old school, this used to happen all the time in the NFL. You used to see jerseys rip all the time. It wasn't any big deal. So why is it a big deal now? Well, the NFL and the NBA are two different things. One, you're tackling. I mean, you got a big guy running and you grab by the jersey and pull. That's a little bit different than just seeing these NBA players who aren't really doing that in tatters, seeing it just down to the, down to the ground. It is a problem for Nike, but as I've been said, they'll get it right. Two of the NBA's biggest stars, they are hiding the Nike swoosh. Stephen Curry and James Harden, they're not Nike athletes, and apparently they do not want the swoosh near their shoes. This is the kind of protest, this dates back to 1992 with the with the Dream Team, when I, I believe Michael hid the Reebok logo, right, because he was, he was a Nike guy. I mean, we see this all over sports. There are people that get paid by companies that are not the league sponsor, they have to wear the league sponsor in certain situations, but they're starting to chip away at the edges to see how far they can push it, how far they can get their own brand up there without getting the one they have to wear more prominently focused. And these are the biggest billboards in the world. No joke. Years ago, Michael, I was in the Pepsi Center in Denver, and I don't know where I got a Coke. It must have been one of the inside machines, but I got a Coke and I started to walk toward the floor. I do not exaggerate when I say security guard almost tackled me. Because Pepsi pays big dollars for that association with that building, and they don't want anybody, I mean, little old me, walking out with a Coke. Imagine now if we're talking about the biggest stars in the game. It's the same thing. They just don't want brand confusion. If you're UA and you're paying Steph Curry, if you are Adidas and you're paying James Harden, you want consumers to think of them and only your brand clever marketing for the, the the other company, right? I mean, we talked about the, the headphone scandal in the NFL a couple of years ago when a lot of guys were wearing Beats by Dre to warm up on the field when Bose had paid a lot of money for this. Uh, and there were rumors that Beats by Dre was paying those fines for them just because it gets people talking. It gets people looking, oh, Beats by Dre are so cool that they're willing to risk fines to wear them. Here's a guy that loves Nike, and he announced a long-term partnership, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
Come he on. has signed a big deal, and this is a young guy in the league who's going to be with Nike for a long time. You want to talk cool. Greek Freak is cool. I mean, he is the future. He's this seven-footer, kind of plays like a point guard, one step from half-court dunk. Kids take notice. They love him. That's why you keep him. And sure, and he has tremendous overseas appeal. And as the NBA continues to look overseas, you, stars like the Greek Freak and like Kristaps Porzingis, who Nike decided they didn't want to extend, uh, these are the guys who are going to be the next face of the NBA in 10 or 15 years. Our thanks to Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Evan Novi-Williams. Now our interview with Mark Gannis, the co-founder of sports consulting firm Sports Corp. Mark, you deal a lot with NFL owners. So the question I have for you is, everything we're hearing, taken in its totality right now, what's the mindset of that group? What are they thinking? Well, there are a number of things they're thinking. Uh, it depends on the topic. Uh, if, the, if the topic it has to do with the trajectory of the NFL, uh, their question, uh, what they're thinking is, all right, we understood why last year things didn't go quite the way we had planned. Why is that the case this year? Uh, and that's in terms of ratings in particular. Uh, the other question is, how did some, a matter that was a non-issue, something as innocent and as, uh, you know, mom and apple pie as the national anthem before a game, become such a massive issue, distraction, and create such animosity with the significant part of their fan base? And then the third question that uh, some may be asking is, all right, we want Roger, he wants us, let's finish this up. Why is this not yet done? Are they nervous? Are they angry? Are they scratching their heads, though? Uh, I mean, on all those things, because like you said, where did this come from? Like, this is the NFL. It's supposed to be impervious to all outside forces, and yet we see it's not. The reality is it's, it never was impervious to all outside forces. Uh, it, it has been enormously strong. It remains enormously strong. It is the most popular sport. Frankly, it's the most popular entertainment we have in our nation, have had for a decade, and will likely have for the next decade. So it, 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 all of these issues are coming in part because of the the unique position the NFL holds as, the, as being the most popular, the most visible, uh, the most consistently highest rated of all the entertainment or sports uh, options that we have in the nation today. There is no question that some fans have turned off the NFL and are not going to the games. How can the NFL get those fans back? This is a really tough question, guys, because first, your, your premise is absolutely accurate. Uh, the NFL has been un unwillingly thrown into the d divisive vortex we have going on in our nation today. It didn't want this. It doesn't want to be a part of it. It wants to be a sports enterprise. That's what it is. But for reasons that, they did, that, that the owners and management of the league did not cause, did not welcome, did not encourage, the NFL is now in the middle of this divisive uh, the political environment. Recognize that in politics, if you satisfy 50.1%, you're successful. If you're the NFL, you have to satisfy 90-plus percent to be successful. It's a very different dynamic, and it allows for very little opportunity to deal with, uh, very little wiggle room to deal with these kinds of, of incredibly difficult and divisive issues that have vexed society, our society, for decades. The NFL is not about to solve them. 
Um, and they haven't been solved for a very long time. But the NFL is squarely right in, in the middle of them today, even though it doesn't want to be. So it's very difficult to solve. We are chatting with sports consultant Mark Gannis. And, Mark, if only I could come up with a segue. You mentioned politicians. We're talking about the NFL. If only there was a roadmap here, where could I possibly go next? Oh, how about Donald Trump, the president? How much has his amplification driven this entire issue? It was not helpful to the NFL, that I can tell you. Uh <laughs> The issue that, that, that started with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee because he was protesting uh, what, what he believed was uh, police targeting, I believe was the term he used, of African-American men, uh, was almost going away. There were a handful of players who were continuing it, but it was not a big issue any longer. It was not getting a lot of media attention. It was not getting a lot of fan attention. And, and most importantly, it wasn't getting a lot of the players' attention. They were focused on training, preparing, and then playing the games themselves. But then um, the President of the United States um, made it an issue, spoke about it in the speech, tweeted about it, and that then thrust the issue squarely in the middle of the divisive uh, political vortex we have here in the nation. And that uh, amplified it many, many fold and uh, caused uh, many more players to participate, uh, caused a lot of, uh, a lot of angst uh, among the, the teams because they were hearing from their fans that they wanted the players to stand for the national anthem, but they were hearing from their players that, we wanted, that they wanted to be able to express themselves. And it was, a, it, it was and still is an incredibly difficult issue to deal with. Some have speculated that this is all happening because the president didn't get in the club. He was interested in buying the Buffalo Bills. It looks as if he perhaps was trying to hurt John Bon Jovi's chances of winning that, which, of course, it went to Terry Pagula. If he was in the club, this wouldn't be happening, right? Well, it's, you know, you, you, you'd... I suppose that's true, but but it he wasn't really a um, uh, you know he wasn't turned down uh, uh, on the Buffalo Bills deal. He never submitted an offer that was even close to what the uh, the finalists submitted, and and certainly not anywhere close to the offer that uh, Terry Pagula submitted. So it wasn't that there was a uh, uh, you know that he was rejected by the NFL. It never came to the NFL for determination. Many people have called you the thirty third. NFL owner. Why don't you tell me first, where did you get that tag? And it certainly can't hurt for business. <laughs> well, it's, it's incredibly flattering and incredibly inaccurate. <laughs> These guys are at a level so far beyond where I am, it's not even funny. Uh, but but it's, it, is, it is flattering, and I, I appreciate it. And I, I believe it, it, it emanates from the fact that many of the owners um, uh, feel comfortable discussing things with me, uh, whether it's, it's matters related to their own teams, whether it's matters related to the league, or, or even uh, matters related to family and things like that. So uh, with some. So I'm, I'm uh, very fortunate that uh, they, they invite me in to have to, for, for discussions that uh, they, they seek out, in, in many cases, my, my thoughts and opinions. And if I can be helpful, I'm, I'm delighted to be. Uh, I don't know that I am all the time. Um, I don't know that I agree with them all the time, and they hear that. But uh, the one thing they know is they can trust me, and, and uh, that's the one piece I can control. So it's, it's flattering. It, it has been said, and then it's been reported in the media. It is not correct. I wish it was. Uh, 
I would love to be on, uh, you know, have, have games on Sundays, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it's very flattering. Thank you. Well, then let me ask you a quick, short, simple question. What is Jerry Jones so angry about? Well, the obvious answer is that Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended, despite the fact that he feels that it is inappropriate for him to have been suspended. Well, Bob uh, Kraft felt yeah. that way, too. He did, and Bob Kraft also was, was angry, if you recall, and Bob Kraft also made uh, a series of public statements. But Bob Kraft uh, also under, uh, put, put the league's interests, um, in many cases, ahead of his own. Uh, he does that on a regular basis, by the way. He's, he's one of the most important and, and uh, most uh, consequential owners the NFL has, has had in, in generations. Uh, and so uh, Jerry, um, uh, you know, right now is, is having some, some difficulty coming to grips with that. Uh, eventually he will. Uh, he's been a great um, asset to the NFL during his many years of ownership. He has been one of the great voices, great marketers, great attention getters, great revenue generators. Uh, he, he changed the face of, of, of future stadiums, uh, in not just in the NFL, but in all sports. Uh, man is a visionary. He's, he's having some trouble coming to grips with the Ezekiel Elliott matter. It seems to be pretty clear. And, and, um, but he will eventually. I believe he will eventually. He's always, he's always had the league interests at heart, and I believe, I believe he will come to that um, uh, on his own as well. Well, it doesn't seem as, he's, as if he's angry at the other owners, but it certainly seems that his focus is Roger Goodell, and now he wants to give Roger sort of an incentive-laden contract, not just a guarantee. Do you see any way that Roger, come three months, six months, whatever it may be, is not the commissioner of the NFL? I really don't. Uh, I, I, I have uh, perhaps a better understanding of, of what's going on behind the scenes than, than most would. That's and... why we come to you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I could ask Michael Barr this question, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my wife says, too. <laughs> The, so I, I don't foresee uh, any any situation like that. The, the, it's it's one thing if um, an owner raises matters related to a compensation package for the commissioner, and whether it's 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 too much, too little, structured right, structured incorrectly. Uh, it's 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 one thing if they want to discuss. Uh, senior management at the league, or the league budget, or things, you know, the league operating budget, or things like that. It's an entirely different matter if the discussion veers into we don't want the, I don't want this person anymore. There, there have always been a handful of owners who would prefer someone else as commissioner. And by the way, back when Roger was selected, Jerry was in that group. Jerry Jones was. He had a different candidate that he wanted, and he was part of the uh, part of the group that 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 pushed for uh, Greg Levy, the league's lawyer from Covington and Burling. They were the two. He was the other finalist with Roger all the way toward till till the end. So, you know, it, it, Roger has never been Jerry's first choice, but once Roger was selected, Jerry worked extremely well and hand in glove with Roger, and it's been a great, a very successful partnership. So. Uh, there, there, there is always a question. Um, you know, there's always been a, a few owners who would prefer somebody else. But it, it, the, the point being, when in a position like this, the, the, you changing someone isn't just a matter of changing. You have to ask changing for whom. And I remember back in the late 90s when there was an, um, an, a discussion to ha ask Paul to leave the NFL because of some matters related to a guy named Neil Austrian, and, who was the president of the league, and, and some uh, comp deferred compensation that wasn't disclosed to the owners. Right, and that was Paul Tagliabue, by the way. Yes, I'm sorry, Paul Tagliabue, yes. Uh, the, one, of the, one of the 
questions that came up was, if not Paul, who? Nobody could answer that question. And any discussion of, of talking to Paul about that went away as a result. Because, and, and that is a similar situation here. He is the best person to manage and run the National Football League in the year 2017. Here in the year 2018 and the year 2019 and going into the collective bargaining agreement and the new TV contract negotiations, period, full stop. The owners are smart enough to know this. The owners know how much value he has brought to them into the league. The owners love the idea that the commissioner takes the slings and arrows that they don't have to. Uh, and is the person who's used as a as a pinata by fans and, and the media when they want to uh, express displeasure with something that goes on in the NFL. That's part of the gig when you're the commissioner. Roger does that exceedingly well, and he is going nowhere. The question now moving forward for the NFL has to be also on media, Mark. Television ratings are down, and it used to be the NFL was impervious. I know we, t- we had mentioned this earlier. You said, no, they're not always impervious. But when it came to people watching on TV, where others went down, the NFL stayed steadier, went up. Are the dipping ratings a concern moving forward for NFL owners, or is it a blip on a bigger piece of media radar? Absolutely, it's a concern. And, it's, it, uh, and I can tell you, uh, I know firsthand that it is a major concern for Roger and the senior executives at the NFL on a daily basis. They, uh, they want to make the fans happy. They want to have a product that more and more people want to watch and enjoy. Uh, and so when, when, although it may be an easy uh, thing to say that uh, the, the, the NFL's rating drop this year is consistent with the, with the viewership drop for television broadly, the NFL has generally uh, been in a better position. Either the rating drops have been less or they've had increases when the rest of the industry has gone down in, in ratings. So, uh, of course, it's a concern, and, and they want to know why that's the case. Uh, last year, there was an obvious uh, situation where the, the election was sucking the oxygen out of the, out of the nation, and, and everyone's television ratings were going down because people, except for the news out, outlets, who were going up. Okay, that was understandable. And then after the election was over, there was a bounce that the NFL received. That was, so that helped validate that. This year, there is no election. So what is going on? Is it that people are less interested in the NFL? If so, how do they fix that? Is it that people are finding other things to do? Remember, one of the things that we, that we were being told is as we had these recessions and people couldn't go out and they couldn't go on vacations and they couldn't do other things, was that they were watching more television, and in particular, more sports, but they were also watching more Netflix and things like that. Now, as the economy is getting better, does that mean that we're in a situation where fewer people will be watching television at home, and that includes the National Football League and other, and other sports? And we're also in a changing media landscape, Mark. We have a situation now at ESPN where they're losing sub-fees. Jim Miller, who knows a lot about ESPN, has even speculated that ESPN, the worldwide leader, the self-proclaimed worldwide leader in sports, might be better off without the NFL if the costs continue to rise. Could you imagine a sports network without football? Jim Miller has written a lot of great things. He's absolutely dead wrong on this issue. Uh, and that's because the, the, the point that the, the acceleration in the loss of subscribers would, would increase dramatically if they did not have the NFL games. And the one thing ESPN must do is reduce the rate of subscriber loss. 
and, they, and then when they do their OTT operation or over-the-top operation, they need compelling programming. And compelling programming is not Australian rules football or yet another series of college basketball games. It has to be something people want to watch on a nationwide, worldwide basis. And at the moment, the king of the hill, to quote Michael, is still the NFL. So I, I, don't, I don't buy that piece of it. I mean, I'm sure there's a number that, that they won't go beyond, but I don't buy Jim Miller's basic premise there. That being the case, the NFL does need to find the new audience. You know, one of the things that, that we don't spend enough time talking about in, our, in the media when we discuss media and sports is all those people and all those hours that we know are being devoted to Netflix and to Hulu and Amazon Prime and that are being devoted to, to, uh, to you know, the Internet and YouTube videos and things like that have to come from somewhere. They have to come out of something. Uh, the NFL and the other sports leagues need to find a way to attract and, go, and, and be broadcast on the platforms that the youth are using, not in many cases digital platforms, and to monetize it in a way consistent with the way they've been able to monetize over decades on broadcast television and later cable, cable television. That is the big challenge, and that, I'm telling you, is a major focus at the National Football League, has been for a few years and is going to be one of the major focuses over the next three years and would not surprise me if in the next television um, broadcast negotiations we see one of the major digital players buying a full-blown package, not a few games, but a full-blown exclusive package. Paying billions, with a B, paying billions. Paying billions, that is correct. Mark Gaddis, <laughs> the president of the influential consulting firm Sports Corp. Thank you so much, sir, for talking with us. My pleasure, guys. Always a pleasure. Takeaways from talking with Mark Gannis. I love the part where he said, hey, we all need to huddle around the TV set, around the Dumont, and everybody together as a family watch the NFL or any sporting event for that matter. This is what Mark Cuban has been saying as he stated, my takeaway, nobody closer to Roger Goodell, and I mean nobody Michael, closer to Roger Goodell in the world of sports than Mark Gannis. He says that he is not going anywhere. The commissioner is not going anywhere. Then what we're hearing about Roger and David Boys and fights, it's noise. If Mark Gannis tells me that Roger Goodell is going nowhere, I believe him. He's going nowhere. So your resume is no good now. I'm throwing it out. No need. Here, ready? That's it. We can toss it. I'm not the commissioner of the NFL. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since the kids. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Number of the week, 28.3 million. 28.3 million. I mean, what have I gone through this week? I'm, I don't know. Spring it on me. That is the average of viewers watching the latest World Series between the Dodgers and the Houston Astros. Oh, I thought it was downloading our podcast each month. Oh, yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, good number. Good number, especially when compared to some previous. Not a bad number for baseball to get. Seven games is what they want. Seven games is what advertisers look for. So I would think that Rob Manfred and the owners are are happy with that that amount uh, of viewers? 
To put that in comparison, ABC's World News Tonight, the evening newscast, an average of 8.6 million viewers. What you see from, Michael, what you see across the board now when, when the networks put out their sports ratings, while it may be down from 2015 in the NFL, down from last year, 6%, 8%, the fact remains viewing is down across the board. But does it win the night? Does it deliver the most number of viewers that they can possibly capture? And right now, still sports, while down, admittedly some while down, even the NFL, it still delivers a whole lot of eyeballs. And until somebody figures out a better way, sports will still draw the advertising dollar. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scott Soshnick. Please tune in next week when we are joined by the biggest and brightest in the world of the business of sports. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. Oh,